Welcome, Bird Gang, on today's show. One last look before we officially close the book on 2020. We debate the one game that stands out to us that kept this team from making the playoffs. And speaking of the playoffs, six games in two days. It may just be MJ's perfect weekend. Also, a shout-out to a former Cardinal who has decided to call it a career. It's Cardinals Cover 2, Episode 384, and it starts now. Welcome to Cardinals Cover 2 with Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. Cardinals Cover 2 is presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, and by Arizona Cardinals Podcasts. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcasts. Murray rolls to the right, throws near side, defense caught, and he's into the end zone for the touchdown. Here's Craig Grealou and Mike Jarecki. Got to admit, I'm in violation of the 24-hour rule. A few days have passed, and I still haven't gotten over how the season finished. And today's show, MJ, certainly isn't going to help matters because we have challenged one another to come up with the one game that bothers us the most about 2020 because all the Cardinals needed to do was to win one more game, and we would be talking about a playoff team rather than talking about watching the 12 playoff teams this weekend, which we will here in a moment when they are eight and six and we know they are playing the Niners at home and then you know the Rams and we know that they had a difficulty and then what developed with Jared Goff being out I thought you know nine win team we're gonna be talking playoffs next week and then you know starting on Wednesday you know Thursday and then Friday and you got games on Saturday and Sunday six games over the weekend which we'll get into um was like I'm missing it. Like I'm watching other press conferences. I'm looking at, you know, road teams have fared well. And I look at one road team and probably the Bucks, uh, possibly, but they got to go against that, that great front seven. So, yeah, I, I was looking forward to it. I, I, honestly, I was thinking, you know, you just got to win one out of two. We know after the Niners game, they still had life. And it's just disappointing. It, it's uh, it, we've talked about it. I mean, it's it's going to be a long off season and a lot of a lot of uh, questions and Hopefully we find the answers out, but I don't think we're going to find the answers out until we know what's going on with the offseason, with draft and free agency. So there's, there's still a lot of work to do, um, considering that, you know, you're going to see a lot of new faces on the roster next year. And it doesn't help that half of the NFC West is playing in the postseason. You know, one team is always going to get in the division winner, but the fact that two in the Seahawks and Rams and they're very easily and should have been three, but uh, hey, didn't happen, so uh, well, we move on. And I want to go back to something that DJ Humphreys had to say on this topic with respects to his exit interview, if you will, because one quote did stand out, and I just wonder how many of those players and coaches really take heart in what Humphreys had to say. Quote, everything matters when you're trying to get into the playoffs, end quote. And I think that was more, you know, pay attention to details and every practice and every rep everything you do, not just during the season, but the offseason as well, all of the preparation to get to the postseason because that is a giant step from the regular season to the postseason, and only a few teams get in. Now, I know two more are getting in here in this 2020 regular season, and it's probably going to stay that way. You're going to have 14 teams total, but still, that is it is hard to get to the playoffs, and that is why when you're at that door, and the door is cracked open. You have to push it in. 
And the Cardinals were unable to do that. And I think a lot of it is because of, I think there are four games that we can all agree on that the Cardinals had no business in losing. Detroit, Carolina, New England, San Francisco. Now, I think, as you always say, there's always that one game, home or road, that a dud. You, you just don't come prepared. It, it happens to every team. It happened to the Rams losing to the Jets. And I would point to maybe that game on the road at Carolina as being that game because it was a road game. And you weren't quite sure still early on in Matt Rule's tenure with the Panthers, even though Christian McCaffrey didn't play. So I think that one, okay, you can live with. But there is the other three <laughs> that, that you can't. And I think the 49ers game is in a separate category altogether. And I'm going to go and look at week three. It's the Detroit game, September 27th at State Farm Stadium. The Cardinals at 2-0 lose 26-23 to the then 0-2 Lions. And for fans here of Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, it was the one game that I always point to, and if you remember, MJ, I was none too pleased on that Monday, September 28th. And if you want to go back into the archives, it's episode 320 of Cardinals Cover 2. I was upset because you cannot afford to lose games at home to inferior opponents, and that game, the Cardinals lost to a team that they were not better than, or that they were better than. Yes, and you would have thought after losing that Lions game and trying to get off to a 3-0 start, um, they would be motivated to go on the road. And there was a lot of uncertainty with Matt Rule and his staff, you know, hiring Phil Snow and then Joe Brady. And then during the week, we find out they're running kind of the Saints offense. And, you know, Bridgewater played well that day. His first rushing touchdown was 25 yards. He hadn't had that probably in three or four years, considering the uh, the, the issue with the knee. But and Kyler admitted after that that they came out flat. Like they just thought they had a step on the field. So um, that's never good. But they're always – you just don't see it coming. We, they talk about preparation. We had a good week of practice, good energy. I would hope you have good energy in the first, you know, 12 weeks of the season. Now, you know, at, at some point these guys are grinding and their bodies aren't recovering in time uh, possibly. But when you get to Friday, you know you got to get ready for the game. So, you know, I hear it all the time. The Cardinals have a lot of talent. Um I think people have to realize the way the league is set up, they're all really dealing with the same uh, salary cap. Now, some teams adjusted to others, but talent will only get you so far. It's about um, it's about execution, but I think what the Cardinals got going on right now, they got a bunch of individuals that put up stats, and that's not, you know, they can go to 8-8, eight and, eight and we'll see next year, how sustainable this offense is. You can win eight games with Kyler Murray. I think you can win eight games because he's dynamic with hop. You know, if they can run the ball, play, you know, good defense, not great defense, good defense, you know, forcing turnovers, getting to the quarterback. But every, every team has talent. It's just you have to come together, and everyone has to be committed. And I just think, you know, and maybe I'm referring to Hopkins and Murray. I'm sure there's others that it's more – I want to see more of a team aspect versus individual stats. I mean, you know, Murray was in the MVP conversation that went, we never thought that was possible because you got to win X amount of games, but every team has talent. It's the teams that are playing this weekend. They are, they've come together and, and I'll, I'll be frank here. A lot of them have been in the same system. You know, give Bruce Arians credit for Tom Brady and Matt LaFleur for Aaron Rodgers. Um, 
you know, Ron Rivera are dealing with situations off the field and cancer. So I go those, but the other teams, they've been with the, the head coach and quarterback and they're a team. They're not individuals putting up individual stats. And I know with respect to the Lions game that you had Matthew Stafford, but still Matt Patricia was, there was talk going into this season that he was on the hot seat and might not survive 2020. And in the end, he didn't. But that game, the Cardinals could not overcome their own mistakes. Kyler Murray turned the ball over three times. He was intercepted three times. The Lions converted those turnovers into 10 points, and they win by a field goal. Matt Prater kicking a field goal on the last play of the game. And all of a sudden, some of the air was sucked out of that 2-0 and start because you have to be able to protect home turf with or without fans in attendance. And then one game does matter. You only have 16 of these, and I don't like – yeah, sometimes maybe in baseball you can say it in the NBA and hockey when you're playing 162 and 82 games that, you know, one game doesn't always matter that much. But when you have 16 of these, and in the Cardinals' case, you fall one game short, you have to have every single week, every single Sunday, if you're playing on a Monday or a Thursday, that that is the most important thing – that week, that day, and the Cardinals didn't bring it against an inferior opponent and the Lions. That was the game Keyshawn Johnson came back after he was on the reserve COVID-19 list and inexplicably was targeted seven times. Larry Fitzgerald had one catch for no yards. It just, it just didn't sit well with me then. And obviously, as you can tell, Bird Gang, it still doesn't sit well with me now because you win that game, a team that the Bears split with, and now all of a sudden, that tiebreaker is completely out the window. You finish a game ahead of the Bears, you're in, and they're watching this weekend. Yeah, and we talked about, you know, at least going 500 in the division. They start off 2-0, and and then they finish 2-4, and and they go 6-6 six and six in the conference. And the games you're referring to, Detroit and Carolina, those are conference games. And then obviously division games, but for me, Craig, you know, you look at the Cardinals, uh, they, they win the Buffalo game on the – on the um, Hal Murray. Then they lose to the Seahawks 21-28. And then they go to New England, knowing that, you know, you got the, the, the one of the greatest coaches on the other sideline, so you better be, bring your A game. And the Cardinals got off to a 10-0 lead in that game. And then Belichick made some adjustments. They were getting to the edge, and uh, Stephon Gilmore did a really good job. Anytime Hop got the ball, he got tackled right away. Um, you know, Again, I think it was more about scheming. And then Cam Newton's facing a third and 12 or third and 13. And third and 13. Third and 13. And he, his, I think he threw for 74 yards, right? Was it 74 yards? 84 yards. Okay, 84 yards. <laughs> okay. Your point, yes. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't so good. he wasn't going to throw it. And, you know, they're bringing pressure and they couldn't tackle him. And then Isaiah Simmons gets that hit, which, again, Cam would have flopped anyways. They're going to protect these quarterbacks. And, Isaiah Simmons had been flagged earlier in the season for maybe some late hits, but that, that game to me was, that was devastating because that was, I mean, this is nothing against the Patriots, but this was a down year for them. I mean, they didn't even finish 500 and Cam Newton was, I mean, he couldn't even throw the ball. It was like a shot put And the receivers, nothing against, you know, Myers and Demir Bird, no Julian Edelman, um, the tight ends were an issue, but I, I, to me, that game, and it's an AFC game, so it doesn't have the same, but if we're, we're talking about a win, now you're nine and seven. And so you're, you're getting into the playoffs and, 
you know, granted, if you're playing in the AFC, you have to almost win 10 or 11 games. So that, that, put, uh, that New England game really bothered me because not only was it winnable, but you want to see this team start getting out on a winning streak. And we knew that they needed to get off to a good start based on the schedule. And the second half was going to be more daunting because of division games. Okay. And, you know, they took care of business against the Giants and Jets and the NFC East. But um, when you get to five and two and six and three, and then all of a sudden you, lo- you lose six of your last nine games, uh, and we knew it was going to get more difficult, and they got out to that good start. It just it fizzled, though. And, again, they didn't play their best football in the last two weeks of the season, and that's something I'm, I'm going to take into the offseason. So, again, a lot of work to do. The game against the Patriots always worried me a little bit just because of the Belichick factor. And even with less talent, he has found a way to not only win games but win Super Bowls. So that was always in the back of my mind. But remember, leading into that week, it was the slow start talk. Why can't this team take that opening drive and score? Well, they did. Their first possession, thanks to a Marcus Golden interception, they were set up real well at the New England 23-yard line, scored a touchdown. Kenyon Drake, one-yard touchdown run at 7-0, then it's 10-0, and then, of course, the pivotal fourth and goal right before the end of the first half. Oh, yeah. Drake stuffed. And it didn't seem like the same Cardinals team to come out of the locker room in the second half. But even though they had a 10-7 lead, you know, at worst, it's 13-7. It should have been 17-7. And it just seemed like they – not that they stopped trying, but the motivation or the sense of urgency just wasn't there. And the Patriots jumped on them. And despite only 179 yards of total offense and going four of 11 on third down, the Patriots were able to come up with a 20 to 17 win. Yeah. And, you know, it's always the what if, but if they didn't get the hell Murray against the bills, they would have been on a losing streak. So you beat Buffalo on the final play of the game, you lose the Seahawks, you lose to the Patriots, then you lose to the Rams. And that was that three game losing streak. And then you come back and play the giants where, you know, Daniel Jones, um, he was, he was, he, he couldn't run. So they were going to try to throw the ball. And then, you know, the Eagles game really was a fourth quarter game, but Craig, I know you did the research and how many times did the Cardinals have double digits lead or double digit deficits when it came to the fourth quarter? The Cardinals this past season overcame double digit deficits to win three times. They lost one double-digit lead, and that was at New England. The 10-0 lead, they were unable to sustain and ended up losing that contest. And then there were five games in which the Cardinals never trailed and two games in which they never led at Carolina and at Seattle. So the Cardinals were in a lot of these games, and I think that is what you want. You don't want to get blown out. I don't think the Cardinals really had a quote-unquote really bad game or a bad performance. Maybe Carolina sticks out and this team wasn't getting blown out yet at the same time, to your point, when you have a, a lead, you have to sustain it. You have to, you have to increase it. You can't just sit on that lead and think you're okay because how many times this season have we watched highlights or read stories in which teams are coming back from 13, 17, 21 points in the second half to win ball games. That's just the way I think this league is trending because the way the offenses are, it's the highest scoring season in NFL history 
and it's only going to get better as far as the number of points are scored. That's why I always focus on the offense as opposed to the defense when looking back at the 2020 Cardinal season. Yeah, and you also, part of your research, the Cardinals played nine one-score games. They finished four and five there. You just mentioned the postseason kicks off on Saturday on the heels of the highest-scoring regular season NFL history, 12,692 points, 1,473 touchdowns, and that's the league's pre- – I mean, that's the highest in 100 years. Here, here's what I want to get to because when you talk about one – uh, score games eight points or less, and you mentioned the Cardinals were four and five. Seventy percent of the league—that's right, 179 out of 256. That's 70 percent is within one score games. And if you just flip that, I mean, let's not get greedy here. You just get—you know—maybe you 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 go five, I mean, five and four or, or six and three. It's different, and. And, and no lead was safe this year in the NFL as winning teams combined to erase 10 or more points in 43 games. So we know the Falcons had 16 point leads. We know that the, the Chargers had a lot of leads and they ended up losing, even though they won four games in the, the season. Um, so 43 games and that ties a single season league record when it comes to that's what the NFL is. That's the parody. That's what they want. I mean, you're going to have your teams win 12, 13 games, but a lot of it's seven to nine, eight and eight, nine and seven. And, and, and again, every team has talent, but you have to become a team versus individual stats. Biggest deficit the Cardinals overcame in 2020, 14 points. They trailed the Bills 23 to 9. And of course, win on that Hale Murray to uh, certainly the play of the year uh, for the Cardinals. And I think for the perhaps maybe the entire NFL. Yeah. And, and you also have at San Francisco, and that was week one, and they were down by 10. Yes. And then at the Seahawks, that's the NFL, though. Those It always comes down to that. And, and we see when teams get to five or six minutes, they don't, they're don't. they not as conservative. If you have a lead, you're going to pound the ball. But all of a sudden, it's kind of like, um, you know, kamikaze. We're going to start throwing it. And then, you know, teams make mistakes. Teams play prevent defense. So that and, – and I think we've heard it enough that – and Bertrand hit on it during the Red Sea report earlier in the week, and that was – they have to learn how to finish games, and, and that's part of learning how to win. And when you're four and five uh, in games of one score or more, just imagine. And, and again, it's, it's the what if. Uh, but the reality is uh, they weren't able to, you know, win more division games. And when you finish six and six in the conference, it's hard to win the tiebreakers. And then going 0-4 within your division, finishing with back-to-back losses to the 49ers and to the Rams. And it's why the Cardinals here are spectators when it comes to the playoffs as opposed to being participants in what is being billed as Super Wild Card Weekend. Bird Gang, update to the latest version of the Cardinals mobile app today. The update features an all-new redesigned home screen experience. Visit azcardinals.com slash app for more. Let's get into the postseason. Seven of the 14 teams, half of the playoff participants, MJ, knew this season. They missed the playoffs a year ago. Bears, Browns, Buccaneers, Colts, Rams, Steelers, and Washington, those seven teams were not a part of the postseason a year ago. But here they are this weekend. As I mentioned, Super Wild Card Weekend, two days of triple header action, first time ever. And I don't need to ask you what your plans are on Saturday or Sunday. I'm guessing if anything happens, Mike Jarecki is not going to know about it from probably 10 a.m. 
to maybe 9.30 p.m. <laughs> on Saturday and Sunday. So uh, friends of Mike Jarecki, do not bother him. He'll be in front of his television. He'll have his computer and phone nearby, but probably just to tweet some reaction and do some yeah. uh, quarterbacking, uh, Saturday and Sunday quarterbacking uh, from the couch. Yeah, and, you know, we always have, you know, new teams that were in the playoffs. You mentioned them, but also you know, was there two teams that went from uh, – was it one team that went from worst to first? Washington. And then Washington. And then the Steelers didn't make the playoffs, so they were one of the teams. But, again, that's the NFL. And that's why you got to – you know, when you get the opportunity, you got to knock on the door. That's a disappointing thing, you know. Um, but, like I said, I'm, I'm – I'm encouraged. Year number three is going to be big just from a standpoint of five, eight, and you could not take a step back. And you got to look at maybe getting 10 or 11 wins, and that maybe puts you in the conversation for one of the top four seeds. And, again, uh, the schedule is going to be more difficult. Uh, I pointed out through the year the Cardinals didn't face murderer's row when it came to quarterbacks, and it's going to be different next year. I mean, they didn't face Drew Brees, Aaron Rodgers, Tom Brady. Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, they face Josh Allen. Uh, but next year's schedule is going to be more difficult. Um, you're not playing against the NFC East, and I do think that division will be better. Um, but this is the year you had to take care of business, and they did that. So I don't want to you know, look back and say, oh, you only beat the NFC East. They get paid too, and there's a salary cap. But, yeah, they got to learn how to win and learn how to finish games because there were opportunities. And, you know, we really haven't – focused on how Zane Gonzalez didn't help them out, but it shouldn't come down to that. But if it does, you got to make the kick. The teams that did make the postseason were able to make the kick and make the plays to get into the playoffs. And let's go over the schedule, and then you can touch on what games that you have your eye on most of all. Saturday, here's the schedule. We'll go in order. First game kicks off at 11 a.m. on CBS. Colts at the Bills. That will be followed by the NFC West matchup, Rams at Seahawks, 2.40 in the afternoon on Fox. And then the nightcap, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers at Washington, 6.15 on NBC. And there you got the Tom Brady-Chase Young storyline. Chase Young walking off the field last week saying, I want Tom. I want Tom Brady. I want the GOAT. Brady took it all in stride. He even brought up the fact that you've got the Michigan-Ohio State college rivalry. So, it's certainly going to be a lot of fun to end Saturday. So of those three, let's just go with day one of Super Wild Card Weekend. Those three games, which one, and maybe it will probably be uh, no surprise to many, but I'm guessing maybe Colts at Bills just because of your affinity for all things Buffalo? Yeah, I mean, and that's the early game, 11.05 our time. Uh, you got the 11.05 Colts. Frank Wright's done a nice job. Um, you know, Philip Rivers' first year in that system. And the 13-3 and three Bills. Um, you know, Sean McDermott, they've won the division now the first time since 95, earned the first uh, home playoff game since 1996. Um, offensively, the Bills can score points. I mean, they're, they're ranked second in the league, 31 points a game, tied for total defense, 396. And Josh Allen, I mean, I, I know that he was in that MVP conversation. And I think, you know, between Rodgers is going to win it, Mahomes. I uh, will put Allen third and Derrick Henry number four. Uh, Stefan Diggs, one of the better free agent pickups in the offseason. I mean, he's, he's 127 receptions, the sixth most in a single season. Um, you know, he's putting up big numbers. Uh, their defense is good. Um, you know, I, I like the Bills in this game just because I think they can score points. But, 
you know, the, uh, the Colts defense is pretty good. Um, I just wonder if they can force some turnovers, but Allen's been on fire ever since uh, that Cardinal loss. I mean, he's, they're putting up big points and they showed a video of them at practice on Thursday and they're dancing, having a good time. And the question now is, can they win a playoff game? Because they built this up for the last three years and now it's time. And this is the first time they won the division. And you got to think between them, the Dolphins, uh, you know, we'll, we'll see what the uh, Patriots do. I don't think they're going to be down for a long time, but it's Buffalo's time. So um, they are going to have 6,100 fans there. Um, so that that's going to be, will be in attendance. Yes. And, and I don't think there's any tailgating, but they'll, they'll stop about two miles away and start partying on the side of the road. And that it will sound like 50,000 if the bills, you know, cause they get, they, 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 they come with a party there. So hopefully, um, you know, they can, not get arrested because uh, they do have some arrests during the game there. But I, I do like the Bills. Buffalo has not lost since that Hail Murray. And you talked about Josh Allen, 4,500-plus passing yards and 45 total touchdowns this past season. And then, of course, you got Rams and Seahawks. These two teams split their two regular season meetings. Some good news for the Rams. Cooper Cup activated off the reserve COVID-19 list. Good news for the Seahawks. Jamal Adams says he'll play. He hurt his shoulder in week 17. And then, of course, with the Rams, it's John Walford or Jared Goff who quarterbacks the team. And Sean McVay has made it very clear. We will all find out when that game kicks off at 240 and not before. Yeah, yeah. Rams 10-6, and six, Seahawks 12-4. and four. Uh, Seattle's in the playoffs for the ninth time in 11 seasons under Pete Carroll. The Rams have clinched a playoff berth in three of the past seasons with Sean McVay. Now the two teams did split. Uh, during the regular season, we each club winning at home. So the Rams beat the Seahawks 23-16 in Week 10, while the Seahawks defeated the Rams 20-9 in Week 16. Uh, Russell Wilson, who was drafted in the third round, has earned his eighth postseason berth in nine years. And uh, you know we know their defense is playing a lot well, a lot better. Um, you know I think they're battle tested. Um, you know people were throwing dirt on him when he had 10 10 rows and you know like a three or four game span. Um, clearly their defense played well towards the end and they got more pressure on the quarterback. I like their run game. You know, Metcalf could be in a, a matchup issue and Tyler Lockett. But um, I think this game is going to come down to which defense um, can force the other turnover, uh, the other quarterback to make turnovers. And so I, I think this is going to be a fourth quarter game. Uh, I think it's going to be close. Again, the two games they played this year, it was 23-16 and 20-9, and uh, we got a chance to play the, the Rams after that game thinking, oh, they only scored nine points, but give Seattle's defense a lot of credit. And it's pretty remarkable what Russell Wilson and Pete Carroll have done since they've been there. They, they've been the team to beat. The Rams defense, number one as far as fewest points allowed this season, just 18.5 points they average allowed uh, against opponents this season. And when it comes to fewest yards per game, 281. And they recorded the most sacks, 53, during the NFL season. Of course, it always starts with Aaron Donald. Um, but, you know, they're going to get Michael Brockers back. I, I think you, you look at Brandon Staley. He's done a really good job putting players in position to make plays. And it's going to be interesting to see that Jalen Ramsey-DK uh, Metcalf matchup. And I think people wouldn't be surprised if a road team won here in the Rams. And I'm, I'm guessing is a lot of people expect the other road team on Saturday to be the Buccaneers to have a really good chance at advancing considering Washington 
They were not good all season long, although they did play well late in the season. And I saw this interesting note because people are a lot quick to write off Washington, but they're the third team in league history to win its division with a sub 500 record. Each of the previous two teams, the 2010 Seahawks and 2014 Panthers, they won their first round playoff game. So history is on the side of Washington, but when you talk about history, Tom Brady has the best history of any quarterback in all of the National Football League. I like the Buccaneers here. Well, let's look at Ron Rivera's record against Bruce Arians. Now, they had a really good defense, Keith Lee, Thomas Davis, Quan Short. I mean, they had good corners. They had, you know, the running backs. Uh, I know I'm going back. Uh, Cardinals did go on the road and beat them um, in the NF uh, a, uh, NFC division round. It got them to the uh, championship game against the Eagles. Um, but th that, that front seven, they're explosive. Now, you know, I'm sure it's going to be a lot of play action, get rid of the ball, but, you know, I don't know the availability of Mike Evans. It looked scary, but there was no swelling. But Antonio Brown's going to be a weapon. We know Gronk's a weapon. Um, I don't know where Chris Godwin is when it comes to, you know, playing. He's got that finger injury. Uh, Ronald Jones, they had some guys on COVID. Um, Leonard Fournette's still there. Shady McCoy, I don't know how much you're going to see those guys. But, yeah, I mean, it, Rivera, that – and, again, Alex Smith, do we see both quarterbacks because he may not be able to move around? This is a big game for Todd Bowles because uh, defensively, um, you know, usually towards the end of the year, they're always ranked in the top five or top seven in every single category, and we watch them give up a ton of points in certain games this year. Um, but, uh, again, I, I do think, you know, to me, I don't know if Washington can score enough points to beat the Patriots when it's all said and done. And I think that at the end of the day is what is going to be the difference in that contest. Close up night number one of Super Wild Card Weekend. On Sunday, three more games. Here are the three games. Ravens at the Titans will get things kick-started at 11 a.m. on ESPN and ABC. Bears at the Saints at 2.40 in the afternoon on CBS. And the special feature on Nickelodeon. Browns at the Steelers is your nightcap 6.15 on NBC, but that first game, Ravens at Titans, and you talk about big games as far as individuals, Lamar Jackson, he's been in the playoffs now. This will be his third season in the postseason, but he has not won a postseason game. He's 0-2. Yeah, and, and for some reason, I thought he had won one, but you're right. Um, Ravens 11-5, Titans 11-5, Ravens going on the road. Um, Baltimore playoff round, third consecutive season, ninth time in 13 years under Jim Harbaugh. Titan, uh, the Titans captured their first division crown since 2008 and um, a second postseason straight for Mike Vrabel. Um, it all starts with Derrick Henry. I mean, he rushed for 250 yards, two touchdowns in the last uh, week of the season. He led the league with over 2,000 yards in 2020, eighth player in league annuals to rush over 2,000 yards in a season. So, um, you just wonder, I like, I like Ryan Tannehill. I think he's perfect for that offense. I'm just concerned with the, uh, with the Titans uh, secondary. We always talk about a team that can travel their home here. They're going to run the ball. I'm curious what the weather's going to look like that they got their special teams back to core here, but I sit there and look at the, uh, Ravens tight ends. We know about Mark Andrews. He's a weapon. Um, they do have three different running backs. Um, you know, they're all kind of different. You got Mark Ingram, where he's kind of being uh, phased out a little bit. They got some young backs. 
And then they got Hollywood Brown. I, I just don't know if they're going to be able to, you know, I think they can throw on their secondary, but is Lamar going to run around? Um, but this is a big game for them because, you know, you look at him and, you know, we look at the future and he's going to have to win playoff games. That's how he's going to be judged. He's put up great regular season numbers. Um, I think he's become a better pocket passer, but I think it's quick for him to run knowing, you know, I need to get a first down. So this is a toss up to me. I'm, I'm going to take the Titans at home in a close game. I, again, I don't know how much they're going to score, um, but turnovers and special teams will play a factor. Well, don't blink because this game could be over quickly. The top two rushing offenses in the league. So expect a quick game, knock on wood, if you're a fan of the Ravens and Titans when it comes to can you stop the run? And that might tilt this contest to one team over the other. Yeah, Baltimore rushed for 404 yards in week 17. The fourth highest single total since 1950. The Giants did it with 423 in 1950 and the Bengals 407. So 404 yards. Now, I don't think they're going to be able to run for that. Um, but that's where they hang their hat, uh, you know. Um, if, if they don't need Lamar to throw it 30 times, they're going to run it 35 times. And that means they're winning at the line of scrimmage, but you have to score touchdowns in the red zone. And we'll see if Lamar can win that first playoff game. I think it will go a long way for his confidence. The only NFC matchup on Sunday is the second game of the triple header bears at the saints. And the storyline here is Alvin Kamara. He will be eligible to play will not have practiced at all this week because of testing positive for COVID-19. But because this game is on a Sunday, he's eligible to play. If it was Saturday, there was a lot of questions on whether, depending on when that test was and the number of days that you have to miss and be isolated, would he be available at kickoff? But the game kicks off at 2.40 on Sunday, so Kamara will be on the football field. Yeah, Bears 8-8. Eight and eight. They traveled to uh, New Orleans 12-4. and four. The Saints secured their fourth consecutive division title and their ninth playoff berth in 14 season under Sean Payton. Chicago clinched its second uh, postseason berth in three years under head coach Matt Nagy. Now, Mitch Trubisky eventually became the starter. Um, he finished 6-3. and three. His only postseason start, he passed for 303 yards, touchdown, and no interceptions against Philadelphia. But what they found in their running game, they don't have Tariq Cohen, is David Montgomery. He had a career high this year, ranked fifth, um, he had 1,000 rushing yards and 438 uh, receiving yards and, and a career-high 10 touchdowns. So if they get that running game going, I just think the Saints have been knocking on the door for the last few years. I believe it's going to be Drew Brees' last year. He's he's already has a, a deal with a, an NBC network. So um, they've been battle-tested, whether they've been you know screwed by the officials in that Rams game. But I, I think they're built for this. and. This is a game they have to take care of business. I mean, Mitch Trubisky, I, I, you know you know how I was talking about Aaron Glenn, their secondary coach. Uh, he's getting head coaching jobs. Dennis Allen's on a good job there. Um, I like what they do offensively. Um, now it's a matter of, you know, how healthy is Drew Brees? I mean, he's returned. Can he throw the deep ball? Uh, hopefully they get Mike Thomas back. Um, so we'll see. But they have the talent, and I think they, they're ready to make a run. Now it's a matter of, you know, them trying to shut down the Bears running game, play action. And let's not fall asleep on Chicago's defense. I think that's what we don't talk about enough. You know, Khalil Mack may not be near the top of the league in sacks, but they uh, they play sound defense. And Chuck Pagano's done a nice job replacing Vic Fangio there. 
And Cardinal fans will be watching this game thinking what might or what could have been considering the Bears are in and the Cardinals are not the two teams finishing the regular season both at eight and eight. Yeah, and Khalil Mack is only one of two players with eight or more sacks in each of the past six seasons. You know who the other guy is? Aaron Donald. And then Drew Brees threw for f- close to 5,000 yards, 34 touchdowns, 12 interceptions in 16 career postseason starts. So, and then Kamara, as you mentioned. So, uh, I like the Saints in this game. I really do. But I, you know, I'm, I don't know if they're going to score 30 or 40, maybe more 20 to 25 just because of that Bears defense. And they like to run the football. And plus, weather won't be a factor playing indoors. The final game on Sunday and the last game on Super Wild Card Weekend, Browns at Steelers against 615 on NBC. Cleveland in the postseason for the first time since 2002, although they will be without their head coach. Kevin Stefanski tested positive for COVID-19 and will not be on the sidelines on Sunday. Really unfortunate. There's some other coaches missing this game as well. They've worked so hard to get to this point, and the fact that, that they will be missing members of their coaching staff is uh, really unfortunate. But these two teams just played one another in Week 17. Now I know Pittsburgh rested a bunch of starters, including Ben Roethlisberger, but the Browns needed that game. Maybe there's some momentum going into this contest. Who knows? But Baker Mayfield gets his first-ever playoff appearance. Yeah, Browns finished 11 and 5, Steelers 20 and 4. Steelers clinched his first division title in playoff berth since 2017. Wow, Mike Tomlin has got it nine over 14 years. Um, Mayfield, probably a career year. Um, I know that Stefanski had a sit down with him, and, you know, I, you know, obviously Freddie and him were close, but you, sometimes you got to be stern to get the, out of that position. But he definitely played better, threw for 3,500 yards, 26 touchdowns, a career best quarterback rating of 95.9. He joins Andrew Luck and Peyton Manning. He's the only players in history with at least 3,500 yards, 20 or more touchdowns each in his first three seasons. So he's putting up the numbers, but really it's going to come down to Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And they were the only pair of running backs to each eclipse a thousand yards in 2020. Um, We know Jarvis Landry has been on the shelf. Now, one thing that I learned over the last couple of days is when it comes to Kevin Stefanski, and I don't have the numbers on their first possession and, and maybe it wasn't very productive, but he scripts his first 15, 18 plays and they are, that's where they kind of, you know, start to get the lead and then they can run the football. Now, Alex Van Pelt, who spent time in, in Green Bay, he was a backup quarterback in Buffalo. Uh, he's going to call the plays. And uh, unfortunately the league has rules where uh, Stefanski can't have any uh, communication with the team on the field. Um, you know, you think, how, how can he t- not text them at halftime? But I guess the NFL can check your, check your phone. But um, he's going to have to follow the rules. I think it's unfortunate, but COVID is, you know, it's, it's COVID's winning. So, um, you know, Pittsburgh, we'll see. I like their defense. You know, Roethlisberger's had trouble throwing the ball down the field, but I thought he found a, found a little magic in week 16. And, you know, I think the Steelers have weapons. I think Chase Claypool has been really good. Juju Smith-Schuster, um, they throw their tight ends. To me, this is a toss-up. But if the Browns can force some turnovers and get some short fields and be able to run the football and Mayfield doesn't turn it over, I, I can see the road team winning. But clearly, I think Pittsburgh, because of the situation with Stefanski, they may have an edge. I know the coaches don't play, but to hear that same voice in your head, 
all season. And then all of a sudden you hear Alex Van Pelt and they become close. I watched their press conference today. He addressed the media. They've become very close. I, I think, um, you know, Freddie and Drew Stanton were kind of sounding boards for, for Mayfield last year, but that, having a different voice and we all see things differently in life. I wonder how they'll call the game. And, and I'm sure there's going to be a lot of conversations when he comes to the sidelines to say, you know, I see this, maybe we should work this in, but um, Again, having a different voice, I think will have some effect maybe earlier in the game they settle down. By the way, road teams, they've won six of the last eight wildcard games over the past two seasons. So don't discount Colts, Rams, Buccaneers, Ravens, Bears, Browns. Those are the six road teams on Super Wildcard Weekend. It should be a lot of fun. And as we mentioned, no one bothered Mike Jarecki on Saturday or Sunday. And then, of course, next week we'll – Talk about what happened and then get you ready for the divisional round as well. As we continue here on Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. A reminder, Bird Gang, subscribe to Arizona Cardinals Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and SoundCloud. Listen to your favorite shows on the go like Cardinals Underground, The Big Red Rage, The Cardinals Red Sea Report, and of course this show, Cardinals Cover 2. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast for more information. Yes, we are in the offseason, but the shows will continue year-round to provide you the latest with what is going on this offseason here with the Arizona Cardinals. A lot of questions, a lot of moving parts, and some of those moving parts have already happened as the Cardinals have started to prepare for the 2021 season. They have signed 20 players thus far, MJ, to future contracts. And these are contracts that don't go into effect until the new league year, which is March 17th, unless something gets pushed back because of COVID-19. But 20 players have been signed this week, 14 of whom spent time on the practice squad this season. So there is a reason why the Cardinals like these players if they are going to sign them to a future contract after seeing them all season long. And a couple of players I wanted to point out here on this Thursday edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. And these are players that not only did we see on the practice squad, MJ, but we actually did see in games, a couple of games. Cornerback Jace Whitaker played in four games. Defensive lineman Michael Dogby in three games, former Cardinals draft pick. Linebacker Terrence Smith appeared in three games, and linebacker Reggie Walker also appeared in one game. So those four players, not only do the Cardinals like on the practice squad, but they saw enough during that week to elevate them from the practice squad to the active roster on game day. And I know Jace Whitaker is one of those players that we talked about during training camp, undrafted out of Arizona who did see some time, some reps in training camp with the first team on different packages. So probably, as we say, with these practice squad players, uh, guys that you want to work with and develop, and a Dogby, a Smith, Walker, Whitaker, those kind of players that you might see come 2021. Yeah, and, and to me, Evan Weaver's interesting from a standpoint of we know he was the player of the year in the conference, a little undersized. He plays with his hair on fire. And I think he can be a really good special teams player, very similar to guys like Zeke Turner and, um, you know, Trent Sherfield and kind of going back to Pat Tillman, but he's got to be on the active roster, be active on game day. Uh, you know, he's, he's battling Tanner Vallejo and, you know, whether they resign these guys and Zeke Turner, I still think Jordan Hicks and Isaiah Simmons will be your stars. But uh, one other guy I want to point out is Jojo Ward. 
AJ Richardson's a little, he, he kind of has a frame of Anquan Bolden, but Jojo Ward, um, he's a guy that can take the top off the defense. And, and again, he's been in the system and we know everything's predicated on, on the routes is based on coverage. So it's a lot of mental things, um, you know, so we'll see. And, you know, when you start looking at the roster, uh, obviously big off season for Andy Isabella, according to the season, uh, Keyshawn Johnson, I think shown some upside, maybe he's a four or a five, but, you know, they could address it in free agency, at, you know, with a veteran guy to find a number two receiver that may costly. Um, but you got to, you kind of, kind of flood the position and see what you have. But I, I think Jojo Ward, um, he's got some skills and I, I liked what he did in training camp and again, in just numbers and not being comfortable playing in the NFL. Um, so, and, and as you mentioned, um, these are futures contract. People want to know how does this happen? And uh, basically Nothing's official, as you pointed out to me, March 17th when the new league season starts and gets going. Um, but Belichick, Belichick has done a great job over the years, you know, putting guys in the practice squad IR and stashing them. And then, you know, listen, Trent Shurfield, you know, the fact that he made it as an undrafted free agent, Dennis Gardick, those are like – those don't happen very often. You, you'll get two or three. But if you can stick and, and you, you get stronger – you get more comfortable and not thinking as much and you can play free. Um, you know, I, th I think the Cardinals have done a good job with the back end of the roster. Now the middle part's got to get better and that's something to work on in the off season. But um, I like to see these guys because we always talk about year one to two. Um, Weaver's intrigued to me more of a special teams guy, but I, I like the way he plays in his energy. And again, they need a couple preseason games. They need OTAs. They need mandatory minicamp because that's the only way these guys are going to get better on game day. Yeah, typically these players that sign future contracts are young players. Although I did find it interesting that one of the players that was added middle of the week, defensive lineman David Perry, 2015 fifth round draft pick of the Colts. MJ, he's 28 years old. So you certainly it certainly sounds like he is not ready to hang it up. Nothing's guaranteed with these future contracts either, but someone who's got good size, 6'2", 317, and he's got experience, 36 career games, 32 starts, and we know that with that defensive line, yes, you need starters, but you do need rotation, and I wonder with David Perry, without talking with anyone, if that's a player that the Cardinals see that could be a rotation piece. Tomato Pekka was added midseason. And you need these bodies. It's not just, oh, we only need three or four. You need eight, nine, ten to get you started, and then you pare it down. But you always see five, six guys playing during the course of a Sunday. Yeah, and, you know, we didn't know a lot about Atlanta, uh, Blackson, and he did a nice job. I mean, never going to fill up the stat sheet, but it seemed like he was getting pushed back um, as much as maybe some other guys were. So, yeah, I mean, at this point in time, you we don't know if it's going to be 80 or 90 man roster. I mean, they haven't come out with all the league rules, um, but you're allowed to exceed. I mean, go to 80 or 90, depending on what it is, you'll see it. And last year, the Cardinals, they signed Chris Treveller. Uh, we didn't know a whole lot about him and turns out he won the backup job. So we'll just have to wait and see. But again, you want to bring in guys that your scouts feel like they can be a contributor and, um, again, if you bring in 90, we know only 53 are going to make the roster, and then we'll see what the practice squad is this year based on the latest on COVID. So, yeah, I, I like the fact that, you know, a guy's 28 years old, looking for an opportunity. You know, again, he's going to have to make the team, but 
I always like the fact that you kick tires on guys that have experience. Uh, and hopefully some of these young guys can pan out in the future. Bird gang, before we exit here on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2, presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals, want to give a shout out to a former Arizona Cardinal. Not sure how many of the Bird gang saw this earlier today, but Antoine Bethay announced his retirement on Thursday. On social media, tweeted, quote, it was a great ride, hashtag bet on yourself. Then he added a lengthy statement attached to the tweet, thanking all the teams that he played with, including the Cardinals. He spent two seasons with the Cardinals in 2017 and 2018. Two very productive years, by the way. He led the team with a career-high five interceptions in 2017. And then the following year, led the team with 121 tackles. So he was very productive on that Cardinals defense the teams weren't great that he played on, but he was always someone that you could count on to tell you the truth, always available to the media in the locker room. In fact, he was the good guy award winner in 2018. Also that year, he was named the Cardinals Walter Payton NFL Man of the Year. So not only a good player on the field, but probably more important if you ask Antoine, a better person off the field. Yeah, he carved out a nice career. Um, you know, he, he won a Super Bowl with uh, the Indianapolis Colts and Peyton Manning. I thought he was really good for Buda Baker. Um, he's just a solid veteran guy. Uh, you know, we got him a little bit uh, long in the tooth, um, but he was a starter. Um, he was physical. Uh, he held guys accountable. But I feel, really think he was good for Buda Baker just kind of from a veteran standpoint, knowing what his upside was going to be. And he, he was a sponge at the time. So, yeah, good for him. Um, you know, he's, he's a smart guy, so I'm curious to see what he'll do when life after football. But 14 years in the NFL as a DB, um, that's pretty impressive. A sixth-round pick in 2006, and he goes 14 years. He was not on a team this past season. But, uh, again, a tip of the cap to Antoine Bethay. He ended his statement with this quote, I put the work in, I have no regrets, and this game owes me nothing end quote. Very well said. Yeah. And, you know, he, he actually, when the Cardinals, I think may his contract expired, but he ended up signing with the Giants because of James Betcher. Betch went to bat for him and, you know, Betch obviously and Pat Shermer didn't last very long. So when different staffs come in and you could see what Joe, Joe Judge is trying to get younger, they, you know, they drafted some corners and it's a young man's game, but give him credit for, for 14 years. The fact that he lasted that long and he was, he played well in San Francisco. I remember going against him, you know, the team did. So um, I'm happy that, you know, sometimes you sit out a year and you feel like, you know what, phone's not ringing. You know, I, I set myself up for life. He's, he had a couple contracts and got a ring and he's right. I mean, he, it owes him nothing, but I, I, you just hope these guys are healthy and they, they obviously get a chance to enjoy life after football. Yeah. Our congratulations to Antoine Bethay calling it a career here on this Thursday. And on that note, we will put a lid on this edition of Cardinals Cover 2 presented by Hyundai, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. As always, special thanks to our executive producer, Jim Omohundro. For Mike Jarecki, I'm Craig Riolu. We'll talk to you next time here on Cardinals Cover 2.